When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not much time left in this college football season, so hey, go bet it at my bookie. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Well, Florida, Florida State's never dull, and certainly not so this year with a backup quarterback battle. Welcome to Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC and at Gators Breakdown. Rivalry Week, Florida versus Florida State, Gators versus Knowles, under the lights, in the swamp. Gators trying to get that six win, get bowl eligible, trying to ruin FSU's college football playoff run as well. We're going to break it down right here on Gators Breakdown. Everybody hit that like button. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet on your favorite podcast platform right here on YouTube if you haven't subscribed yet. But hey, why are you here? Just smash that like button. Doesn't cost you a thing. It really helps out a whole lot. But then also check out GatorsBreakdown.com. Even more coverage of Florida, Florida State to get you ready for that game. And, of course, Gators Breakdown Plus. If you want to keep the conversation going, chat with Gators Breakdown Plus members on the Discord. You get extra episodes. You get ad-free episodes of Gators Breakdown. You get a newsletter for GatorsBreakdown.com. All that good stuff at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description to join. All right, let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Of course, it is Max Brown versus Tate Rodemaker. Not Graham Mertz versus Jordan Travis. Max Brown versus Tate, Rod- Tate Rodemaker. Of course, the big headline is the backup quarterbacks taking over for this game and leading their team. So how did Florida State get here? Let's take a look at their season so far. Opened up with the big win. The only common opponent between these teams is LSU. Seminoles for the second season in a row. Open up with a win over the Tigers. This time, 45-24. Over LSU, then follow that up with a 66-13 win over, the, over Southern Miss, and then two really tough back-to-back games on the road at Boston College, a 31-29 victory, and then at Clemson. In the game, Clemson probably should have won, but Florida, hey, teams, when you're undefeated like this, you find ways to win. Florida State found a way to win that one, 31-24 in overtime. Then a bye week, and then they go and face Virginia Tech at home. 39-17 win over Virginia Tech. 41-3 victory over Syracuse. 38-20 victory over Duke. Then they go to Wake Forest, get a 41-16 win. 24-7 win over Pitt It would be next. And then, of course, the big rivalry over Miami, 27-20. That game going down to the wire. And then last week, of course, North Alabama, 58-13. The Seminoles were winners there. 
So the win over North Alabama extended the Seminoles' winning streak to 17 games, the longest active streak in the ACC, and the third longest active streak in the country. That's where it stings a little bit. We know Georgia's got uh, <laughs> that winning streak of theirs. And, of course, FSU has one as well. Florida's two biggest rivals on big-time winning streaks. Uh, during its streak, FSU also tied for the second longest in program history and the third longest ever by an ACC program. Florida State has outscored its opponent in this stretch 694 to 295. All right, that catches you up on their season. Let's get to the Florida State defense and the Florida offense. FSU has held every opponent this season to fewer than 30 points. Florida, been putting up at least 30 points here recently besides the Georgia game. But every opponent Florida State has faced this year, even LSU, go to this. We know how exciting and high-flying that offense is. 24 points in the opener versus this Florida State defense. Every opponent this season, fewer than 30 points. The 11-game streak is the longest active in the ACC, third longest active streak in the country. Now, you're going to hear a whole lot of good stats uh, about Florida State. It's going to let you know what Florida is up against. Uh, it will let you know what Florida has to overcome, and if they overcome it, you'll hear all these good stats that Florida overcame and got a really good win. It also lets you know what Florida State has done up to this point. They're a really good team. Seminoles boast one of the nation's best pass defenses, leading the country in opponent completion percentage, 47.2, and pass breakups with 65. FSU's defense also ranked second nationally in total passes defended, 73, fifth in fewest passing touchdowns allowed, and eight, and fifth in opponent passing efficiency at 100.87. It is hard to pass on Florida State. We'll get into it in just a second. They also haven't played many good quarterbacks. But you do what you're supposed to do. Florida State, 47.2% is the only team in the nation forcing more incompletions than completions allowed. The only team in the country forcing more incompletions than completions allowed. Teams are completing 47.2%. The last time a Power 5 team held its opponent below 50% completions in a season, was 2018 when Michigan and LSU posted marks of 49.5 and 49.7, respectively. You guys see something here? That year I just mentioned, 2018, Michigan and LSU were the only defenses to hold their opponents under 50% completion percentage. Florida beat both LSU and Michigan that year. Felipe Franks. Dan Mullen. <laughs> so that's that. Hey, it doesn't really mean anything in 2023 right now. But an interesting note to take away from it. It lets you know, okay, well, it doesn't mean the defenses are unstoppable. And Florida's offense that year, Felipe Franks was good. Nothing great about that offense. But that year was able to overcome that. So maybe there's a little, little something you can take away from it. Hey, put it this way. If it is something, if Florida goes on to win this game, we can go back and look at, hey, 2018 was the last time defenses had done this. Florida had a win over both of those. If Florida gets one this weekend, we can sit here and say, hey, there's something to it. There's something to it on the Florida side. But, hey, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything this year. But it would be funny if it plays out that way. 
Seminoles have held five consecutive Power 5 opponents below 50% completions. So on the season, for the whole season, it's under 50%. Part of that, five consecutive Power 5 opponents below 50% completion percentage. Longest active streak in the country. Longest nationally by a team against Power 5 opponents is LSU, the last five games of its 2019 season. In those five games, FSU's opponents have a cumulative 37.8% completion percentage. That's not even close to half. Now, give them, like I said, give them credit for doing it. But let's go down that list in that stretch. Syracuse, Garrett Schrader, an injured Riley Leonard for Duke. Wake Forest, Mitch Griffiths. Pitt, Christian Velou. Miami, Emory Williams. Look, that's hardly the stiffest competition. FSU has faced seven straight backup quarterbacks or hurt starters. So, Max Brown, getting his first start, could easily find himself in that list as well. Not saying, hey, expect him to take off because of these bad quarterbacks FSU took advantage of. Hey, they took advantage because they were supposed to. They are a good defense. You do what you're supposed to do. Hopefully, for Florida's sake, Max Brown overcomes that. But it lets you know the formidable opponent in passing defense that he has to overcome as a first-time starter. One thing, if you look at all that, Florida State still gives up some big plays in pass defense. So with that, with that, all those passing statistics and how well FSU has done this season, I need to see ETN. I need to see Montreal Johnson. Maybe some Wilson, some Pearsall mixed in, but I need to see this running game carry this Florida offense. And that's not a hit on Max Brown. But let's not put him in that situation as other quarterbacks. If we see it, great. But given it's his first start, given his FSU defense can affect the quarterback, we'll get into some playmakers for them. But I think Florida needs to ground and pound and Brown can be in the mix himself with part of that. There'll be times he needs to make a play, but I don't have to see that. Yes, it, of course, it'd be nice if he proved he could go out there against this defense, throw for 30 times and throw for 300 yards on the way to a win. But I want to see a win. I don't care how. He has nothing to prove to me but to go out there and win. I don't need to see that type of quarterback. I need a quarterback that's going to go win. And that means you know, Napier relies on him to be a game manager this game. And so be it. That's fine. Find a way to win the game. And I think that is by dominating on the ground. If you can get there, that'd be tough. Only two opponents have had a rushing average over five yards of carry on Florida State's defense this year. Virginia Tech with six and Duke with 5.6. So that's, that's going to be tough too. This is a good defense. You know, Florida struggles on third down this year. Opponents are converting just 26.9% on third down opportunities on Florida State's defense. That's third best in the country. So why will it be tough for Florida when you start looking at players for this Florida State defense? All ACC defensive end, Jared Verse, semifinalist for the Lombardi Award, tied a career high with two sacks against Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest, increasing his team high career total to 13 and a half. 
probably not living up to expectations this year because they were pretty lofty, but still a really good player. He's second among active Knowles with 23 and a half career tackles for loss. He has four and a half of those on the season, or four and a half sacks on the season. That's second most on the team. Patrick Payton leads Florida State's defensive line with seven and a half tackles for loss versus second with six and a half. Payton has 30 tackles, nine and a half for loss, and three sacks. Second on the team now, defensive lineman with nine pass breakups, including two against Syracuse and North Alabama. His nine pass breakups are the most for a defensive lineman in the ACC this year and tied for third overall in the country. So something to look out for there is watch out if Peyton starts getting his hands on the ball. But that's something you, know, you have to pick up on film. And look, if he's, got, he's got nine this year. He's having a lot of success doing it. Uh, so if there's any low passes or passes going over the middle, watch for Peyton and how close he is or if he does cause some pass breakups. And hopefully those don't get tipped up in the air or anything and calls turnovers for Florida State. Florida State's primary linebacker trio, Kalen DeLoach, Tatum Bethune, DJ Lundy, are all FSU's three leading tacklers for the season. DeLoach ranks fifth in the ACC with a team-high seven sacks on the season. His sacks were the most for a Seminole linebacker since 1993. DeLoach also leads FSU with 59 tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss. Uh, but something to monitor there, he was injured and missed last, last week's game. FSU head coach Mike Norvell expressed optimism in his return this week versus Florida, but nothing definitive yet. We'll see as this week goes along. And look, Florida was able to take advantage of Missouri's defense last week. That was missing some linebackers, so Florida may catch a break there two weeks in a row. And Bernardo Green left last week's game against Northern Alabama with an injury as well. Uh, had his arm in the sling in the second half. Very physical corner. 39 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, 10 pass breakups this year. That pass breakup total leads the ACC and is tied for 13th nationally. So there's just some players to look out for for this Florida State defense. Renardo Green, linebackers, Kalen DeLoach, Tatum Bethune, DJ Lundy. As I said, all three of those guys leading Florida State in tackles. Patrick Payton, Jared Verse. That's the uh, pinpoint look at for, for this Florida State defense. Florida's offense got their work cut out for them. This is a very athletic Florida State defense. They can't control the line of scrimmage. We've seen Florida's tackles have trouble this year. Who knows the injury status of Austin Barber? We'll see if we hear more this week. Putting this out a little earlier this week, given the holiday, of course. So keep an eye on that. Is Austin Barber back this week? Is Hudson playing more? Cam Waits. You know, those are the three main cogs. Damian George. See if we hear more. Doubtful he plays with the way that looked last week. But as we record this, not much in regards to the injury for the offensive tackles for Florida. So Max Brown's mobility, of course, can come into play. Florida State may not be able to just pin their ears back as much, but still, given a young quarterback, can affect, can affect him. 
So we'll see if Max Brown are able to overcome that. But if Florida gets the ground game going, as you heard Seth and I talk about earlier this week, run at those tackles for Florida State. You can slow them down. You can beat them up. Maybe there's something there. All right, we will go to the other side here in just a second. But, hey, guys, we know there is plenty of football right now. NFL, college, when your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win like my bookie. There's action for new and existing customers. Look, it's, of course, it's Thanksgiving week. There's a lot of action for you. And there's a lot of action on the gridiron with the NFL and rivalry week and college football. Make this week even more exciting by betting up my bookie. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Plus, my bookie has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code Gators on your first deposit and receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code Gators to claim your own cash bonus now. And if you're an existing customer, thank you so much. But you can also get a 50% bonus reload at MyBookie. So guys, don't wait any longer. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at MyBookie. All right, we'll go go through some stats for Florida State's offense as well. And of course, all that is with quarterback Jordan Travis. So this will gl- give us a glimpse of what they have done up to this point and maybe what they can do and or how much everything changes without Jordan Travis at quarterback and Tate Rodemaker taking over. So Florida State leads the ACC in both scoring offense, 40.1 points per game. That's seventh nationally. They lead the ACC in both scoring offense and scoring defense, 16.9 points per game. That's 12th in the country. And it's the only team in the ACC and one of fourth nationally ranked in the top 12 in both categories. So combining what we just discussed, but combining it with their offense. Florida State and Georgia. I mean, this is how ugly this stuff is with this winning streak that's going on and how down Florida is. Florida State and Georgia are the only two teams in the country ranked in the top 20 in both passing offense and pass defense. FSU and Oregon are the only teams in the nation leading their conference in both pass efficiency and pass efficiency defense. (sighs) (laughs) hopefully all this means nothing on Saturday. But here's a stat for me personally because of a couple of reasons. Florida State, that offense, leads the ACC in fewest turnovers. Fifth, or five, five turnovers. Fewest turnovers in the ACC with five. That's first nationally. Only five turnovers on the whole season. Interceptions thrown, that leads the ACC. Only two interceptions thrown. That's second nationally, but Jordan Travis, of course. Florida's defense is 130th nationally in creating turnovers, with only seven turnovers forced this season. Also 130th, with only three interceptions forced. So Florida's only forced three interceptions. FSU's only thrown two, but that's without Jordan Travis. So, Florida State, Travis was really good at protecting the ball. Can Florida force Rodemaker into any interceptions? Can you get pressure? Can you get the crowd? Can all that come into effect for Rodemaker making his first start this season? 
Now, if you look at Rodemaker, he's shown good command of the RPO off it. Go back to that Louisville game last year where he helped storm and lead a comeback for Florida State. Heavy RPO action. He has one-on-one, especially with Johnny Wilson there at receiver. That RPO slant pass was something he just relied on. Now, you hope for Florida State's sake, you hope that he would have grown from that and expanded his playbook. Look like that last week versus North Alabama, but it's North Alabama. But against Florida State, that's uh, with Louisville last year, there was a lot of that. He's definitely a pass-first quarterback. Now, he can escape pressure. He's not a, he's not a statue, but he's pass-first quarterback. Not afraid to throw the ball down the field last week versus North Alabama. He's known to have a live arm. Not afraid to throw the ball down the field. Um, with little experience, he's been known to maybe need to clean up his pocket presence. Pocket awareness. That's led him to taking sacks. So, of course, going to be up to this Gator pass rush. That has n- hardly generated anything with, consi- I mean, not even consistency. Just hardly generated anything at all in pass rush. Rodermaker, I'll go back to that Louisville performance. Besides last week against North Alabama, his most extensive and meaningful action came last year against Louisville. 6 of 10 for career high 109. Two touchdowns come from behind victory for Florida State against Louisville a season ago. But otherwise, Rodermaker has only thrown double-digit pass attempts in two games with the other coming during his freshman season. With one start to his name in his freshman season, the now redshirt junior signal caller for the Seminoles came in relief last week. 13-23, 217 yards, two touchdowns versus North Alabama. So who's he taking over for? What type of player is Jordan Travis? This is what Florida State would be missing. The only player in the ACC, one of three nationally, with 20 passing touchdowns and two or fewer interceptions. One of 10 players nationally, with 20 passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns. And we all know how Jordan Travis killed Florida last year when they thought they had him wrapped up a couple of times. He Houdini's himself for a great play to help lead the Seminoles to a victory. Florida had him in their grasp, and he found ways to make plays. They're going to miss that. Not saying they can't overcome it, but they're not getting that in Rodemaker. So what freelance opportunities does he bring? Will he need to? Can Florida generate any pressure where he'll have to? Something to look out for. Of course, to help out Rodemaker, man, some really good receivers there for Florida State. Wide receivers, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. Coleman leads FSU with 45 catches, 615 receiving yards, and 11 receiving touchdowns. Leads the ACC, ranked 7th nationally in receiving touchdowns. Ranked 7th in the ACC in receiving yards per game and 8th receptions per game. Added, do not forget about his punt return responsibilities. For the first time in his career at Florida State, he's returning punts. That's second in the ACC, 11th nationally, and averaging 11.1 yards per return. So look out for Coleman returning punts as well. And look, he shows up in big games. Season opener versus LSU, nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns in that game. At Clemson, 
five receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he has come back to earth a little bit recently, dealing with some injury against Miami, four catches, 24 yards, but did have a touchdown. Missed the game versus Pitt on November 4th due to injury. Playmaker. Balls up in the air. He thinks it's his. And a lot of times he comes down with it. Coleman and Johnny Wilson were both on the preseason Blitnikoff watch list. Wilson, of course, second year for him at Florida State. Remember, he was with, with Ricky Pearsall at Arizona State. Wilson added seven catches for 104 yards against LSU. First time since 2018 at NC State that Florida State had multiple players cross the 100-yard receiving mark. Wilson also led FSU with 105 receiving yards at Boston College. That was his fifth career 100-yard game. Led FSU in receiving yards versus Miami with 82. Duke with 58. Virginia Tech with 54 and two touchdowns. Clemson, he had 94 yards. And Boston College, 105 yards. Coleman led FSU in receiving yards against LSU with 122. Southern Miss, 48. Syracuse, 140. Running back, running game. Main production comes from returning all-ACC back Trey Benson. Set the FSU single-game record, a minimum of 10 rushes, with 18.2 yards a carry versus Virginia Tech. Running for 200 yards and two touchdowns on just 11 rushes. He's been held in check in the run game most of the year, though. Like I said, the 18.2 versus Virginia Tech. Also had 8.1 versus Pitt. But I went and looked, and Power 5 play held to about four yards of carry outside of those two games. So, of course, it shows, and we know it anyway, shows the ability that he has. He can take over a game, and we've known the struggles this Florida defense has had. Outside runs, counters. You can best bet with Rodermaker making his first start this season, they're going to be leaning on that run game. There's big plays waiting to happen. If this struggling linebacker core for Florida is not ready to play, not filling their gaps, not in their lanes, not ready at the snap, it can be there for Florida State. Benson, hey, look, really good receiver out of the backfield as well. Have to watch for that. But look for him to be more of a focus. With Rodermaker, man, Rodermaker taking over. Or if he's struggling. Man, the offensive line, that used to be a joke for Florida State. That used to be a running joke for so many seasons. Not so much this year. Not so much. The Knowles starting five last week against North Alabama combined for 203 starts. They entered the 2023 season with the most games played and the most games started on the offensive line, combining for 214 starts and 307 appearances. The experience of cohesion paying off for Florida State. All eight players on Florida State's two-deep offensive line depth chart are juniors or seniors. All eight are at least in their fourth year of playing college football. Experience up front against a struggling Florida defensive line. So, of course, the big question is how much changes without Jordan Travis on the field? I already mentioned 
the freelance plays he was able to make last year, and which were probably pretty much the difference in the game last year. On the road in a hostile environment with Rodermaker, running the ball makes sense. But we know, we've watched this defense. Florida struggles stopping the pass. Rodermaker's been in this system for years for Florida State, but he hasn't faced an environment like he will Saturday night. Now, look, I know we can all go back to the Arkansas game and say, well, they, had, they didn't have any problem in the swamp. That's true. They didn't. Noon game, believe me, the crowd was not really into it. That's kind of just been a MO for Florida crowded for a noon game. It will be a different feeling crowd with the desperation of making a bowl game. Rival Florida State under the lights. It will be a different crowd. You hope it makes a difference. And Rodermaker is just somewhat blindsided by it. He has not faced an environment like this. Much like Florida relying on the ground game makes it easier. It's going to make it easier for Rodermaker as well, I think. But, you know, Florida's got to prove they can stop the run. If they don't, not much else matters. But say Florida does. Say Florida's pretty predictable in playing the run and that happens. And then forcing and passing situations, you know, you'd like to be predictable in this game because that means it's probably working somewhat if you're playing the run and stopping and then have to play the pass and passing situations. How do you attack in those situations? Do you bring pressure and rely on tackling behind it? We know Florida can't get to the quarterback consistently, so that leaves big plays waiting to happen. Do you sit back, try to keep everything in front? Either way, it comes down to tackling. And Florida State's got some big physical playmakers. Throw Jaheim Bell in there, too, at tight end. Florida struggled tackling. And we saw it on display, full display, all fresh in our minds against physical type of players last week versus Missouri. You know, it's not the slippery, slippery kind as Jaden Daniels a couple weeks ago at the quarterback position. That's what you were getting if Jordan Travis was still quarterback, something like that. But now it's the physical presence at wide receiver, the physical presence at tight end for Florida State that Florida now has to worry about. And it didn't look so great last week. Florida can't tackle. I can see why Austin Armstrong has some issues calling plays. There's not one thing to rely on with this defense. So I think all we can ask for, once again, get some early stops for the third game in a row and hope the offense capitalizes. Because it's only a matter of time, if it plays out like it has been recently, before the opposing offense breaks off for some big plays. If you can jump on Florida State at home, like you were unable to do so on the road at LSU and Missouri, when the defense did force some early stops, then maybe this can turn into a Tennessee-like game from earlier this season. And the momentum takes over. And the crowd takes over. Florida feeds off of it and builds a big lead. I think that's the path here as well. Especially given the situation for Florida State at quarterback. Jump on them. Put some pressure on the quarterback. Make him have to make some plays. More than likely, he's going to make some. And if you can build a big enough lead, maybe when they do hit those plays, you've already built a big enough lead where it won't matter. 
And that's where I'm going with this. I'm going against every fiber of my being here. I'm going against every thought I have about this game. It makes no sense what we've seen so far this season. I'm going to fully admit it. I'm going full fanboy. I'm going Homer. I'm wearing orange and blue glasses. I'm picking Florida to somehow, somehow win this game. I can't really point, pinpoint how or why this will happen besides the run game just takes over for Florida, and that's enough. 27-24, I'm going with the Gators. I fully admit my head is telling me something, 34-24 Florida State. But desperation mode wins out for Florida. Florida finds a way to get the upset. Maybe it's coping. Maybe it's hopium. But I'm picking it. And you guys know me. I rarely ever do this. I rarely go against what, like I said, if I was going to Vegas, I don't even, this is the one time I go against if I was going to Vegas where I put my money and wallet at. If I was going to Vegas, I'll fully admit, I would, I'm putting it on Florida State. But right now, I'm going Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Gators. I think all these hardships pay off to end the season. So right, there we go. That will do it for the preview of Florida, Florida State backup quarterback battle. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.